0: What's happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And today I have the pleasure of having two guests with me that work with me uh, at Trader Joe's and at Home Depot. One would be Liam Burns and the other would be Joe Atkins. And today we're going to discuss what's going on with the Bruins postseason and the season. So here we go.
1: Hello, world. This is Liam Burns and this is my good friend Joe. What's happening? This is Joe. And yeah, gonna be talking a lot about this bruins team and how it's been looking so far and definitely on these uh past few weeks and whatnot of how the uh good old little bit of the postseason uh nightmare is over for us (laughs) anything to say
2: yeah so uh this is uh joe over here one thing i would like to bring up is uh the fact that um the team seems to be heading in a direction that uh no one was really expecting um especially with uh The outing of uh, Zidane O'Shara. And to be honest with you guys, I think that was a really bad move on the Bruins' part. Talking about what Sweeney said, wanting to have an integrative role for uh, Big Z, I think we all kind of know what what that means. Um, he wanted to have some kind of staffing role for Shara. He wanted to kind of integrate him into the Bruins office, and um, he ha- he has a, about a, a year or two left, I think, that could really do a team some good. And just unfortunately uh, for us, we couldn't make a, a seven hundred. deal work Uh, it's just kind of mind-boggling because when you're looking at the uh, the pairings right now with uh, Charlie I mean I'm sorry with uh with McAvoy and uh, I think it's uh Jeremy Lazon skating with him now it's just going to be really weird to see um that presence kind of drift away from the Bruins where for what 15 years we had such a great presence
0: yeah I agree um you know it's just sad that they had to go but you know the defense we have right now is doing pretty good. I mean, we got uh, Miller, who like had two kneecap surgeries, but he's been a beast. And then the young pairings, you know, they're holding up. And um, I think our biggest problem is our top five, five on five, non-scoring situation.
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, something that I did, uh, I did see. Uh, yesterday, um, it was a fun stat that the Bruins um, and the Dallas Stars are the only two teams without, a, uh, without an even strength goal. And at that time of finding out, the Dallas Stars hadn't even played a game yet. So um, we're missing key players, obviously, Pasternak. It should have been the player to be, you know, putting the the goals in the back and without the presence on the ice of him, leaving it up to I know DeBrusque is taking top line right now, leaving it up to DeBrusque. That's a lot on him because he's a great player, but he's really, you know, stop and go a lot of the time. I absolutely agree, Um,
1: especially uh, with DeBrusque. Uh, The first game he looked real great on the uh, first line like he he was moving more than he did on the second line or even on the third line and it was absolutely amazing and i'm happy he's got that jump in his step and i'm hoping soon that he'll definitely get that five on five goal for us but uh going back to the sid daniel issue i absolutely agree uh same with tory krug uh tory krug was definitely one of those big hits uh especially to our power play and it's looking real good since then though the power play still looks pretty good not gonna lie and penalty kill has been looking phenomenal they have killed off every single penalty that has been put on in their path so if they just keep that up like defense wins championships so if they can keep that up then i would see no problem we just definitely got to get the offensive um coordination back in
2: but quickly um i'd like to bring up uh, you know, everything's looking okay right now. The penalty kill looks good. But um, if we could talk about Nick Ritchie for a second and uh, the feelings on Richie because I know his brother was there for a long time, just filling space. And, um, you know, he I see he's on the second line right now, but I do feel like uh, Richie has, has something to prove. I really feel like he needs to do something this year. And, uh, you know, Kasha being injured right now, he needs to prove something this year because those two guys that we picked up, um, they honestly haven't been uh, the caliber that I wish they were, and I just feel like Kasha does everything but score. Like, if only I could see the guy score, uh, it would it would really, I think, boost his confidence and, and and bolster the team a little bit to see that goal. But I mean, we just need to see more action from him.
1: I absolutely agree, but I mean. not gonna lie Richie has been looking really good in these past few games like he's been looking a lot better than he was looking last season um he's definitely he's a big body too and one thing we definitely got to do is get bodies to the net block that goaltender's vision you know once we could do that five on five goals are gonna be like a piece of cake so yeah uh, same thing though Kasha even though he's injured right now I would love to see him like score a goal too like I want to see him thrive 'Cause he's definitely a good player from watching most of his um highlights from Anaheim, but he's just he's one of those injury prone guys and it's just, you know, it's kinda sad. And especially on a talent like him, he's only twenty five years of age and it's like injuries make or break you. I mean, look at Adam McQuaid. Like he's had so many injuries and whatnot, and he's finally he finally called to quits. He announced his retirement
2: this year, so got a sport on. And uh, congratulations to him for that as well. Yep. The
1: man can sit up in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, <laughs> one of the most beautiful cities in Prince Edward Island, that's for sure. Love it there. So, yeah, good on him.
0: Yeah, uh, our defense is doing really good, and um, I would also like to point out that, we have uh, the goal against average, uh, Tuca is 7th and Halak is 11th. So we have the goaltending. Uh, it's just the scoring. I mean, if we could just show that up somehow, that'd be great. And uh, that's one thing we definitely got to do. But, you know, in the off season, it was just like the same thing always happens with the Bruins. You see everybody start picking up these names and the Bruins do nothing. And then we let these people start going, like Tori Krug, you know, and then Zedno Chara, and, you know, and we bring in these people, and I'm like, all right, but you could have got this guy, or you could have got that guy, and and they didn't, they sat back on their laurels, and they're like, well, nope, we're going to hold off, and we're going to get this person or that person, and they're okay, but they're not like, you know, game breakers.
2: Um, yeah, and I'd also like to add um, Sweeney, uh, to be honest with you, he he's made some some good choices. Uh, not everything I, I think he's done has been stellar. Um, he's picked up guys like Charlie Coyle, who's been huge for us in the past couple seasons, um, and he's let go guys like Marcus Johansson, which – believe me I would have loved to just see that guy play um a little more hockey with the Bruins because uh just a, a quick appreciation on Marcus Johansson that guy slowed the puck down very very good and he uh he really brought the team together during the Stanley Cup and I feel like if we kept Marcus Johansson I think we could have had a completely entire playoff season than we did um this past season so um kudos to johansson i hope he's doing well yep absolutely agree
1: uh johansson's one of those guys we should have definitely kept he in the playoffs he was like phenomenal and especially with paired next to charlie coyle who that was a duo that was lighting the lamp like almost every single game and pretty much was winning us games like charlie coyle will get those overtime winners and thanks to marcus johansson so I absolutely agree. So it's kind of tough to see like how this team has been kind of going with how big stars and you know even just like top nine players are going, and to grab someone like Craig Smith, yeah, it's decent, but like it's we got to see what the man can do. The man's already been injured one game, you know, after practice and whatnot, and he's been looking pretty decent next to Coyle. You know, 13 and 12 looking nice, but, you know, we just, they got to keep stepping up. They just got to keep going. You know, they got to prove that they want to be with us. They got to prove that they can, you know, help us bring home another cup in Boston, you know, so we can get on some duck boats and, you know, go out and have some fun, you know, bring some light into this Massachusetts state after... So many bad, you know, decisions have gone out the door. So let's see, Let's Brady, the GOAT, you know, leaves for Buccaneers. Now is the NFC Championship game. Chara's with the Capitals doing at least decent. Krug is with the Blues, same thing, doing decent. But it's just, we got to make moves. We got to, I hopefully by next season, we're going to make a big move and we're going to get a big guy
2: in our offense. But let me ask uh, you guys really quick. How much longer do you think we have with our our uh, stars right now? I'm talking how much longer do you think the perfection line is going to keep being the perfection line? Obviously, we haven't seen Pasternak do anything yet. But, um, you know... They're called the perfection line for a reason, but do you guys think that this year is going to be more of the same, just more perfection, more breaking down of other teams like we saw from those three guys? What do you guys think on that? Uh,
0: I think they have at least two or three more years together. I mean, like to do something, but you have to put other, you know, players with us. I mean, you can't just rely on those three and then think that this is how it's going to go. And they're going to lead us to a championship. I mean, you got to get a second line, a decent score on the second line, uh, the defense, like I said, is doing pretty good, but we need more scores when they come off the ice. I mean, like it showed last year in the playoffs. I mean, when we lost Tuka Rask when he left the bubble, I I forgive you, Tuka. Uh <laughs> but um, so when he left, you know, that hurt our goaltending. Halak did great, um, but then like there was injuries. Um, once uh people got hurt, it was like, you know, we couldn't score and other teams just took advantage of that and just you know, like snowballed us.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh two to three years max. Um big thing is though too, after this season's over, David Krejci's contract is going to be up. And really we do we already have kind of a second line man and that is Debrusque. So him and Krejci together is very perfect. Um we just need I feel like we just need like another big body. Kasha would be great, but at the same time, he hasn't performed at the level that we've been hoping for, and especially since I've learned in practice, the poor man can't even score a goal without it being the shootout. Like Kasha is struggling, and it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I feel like once we get another big body, we can definitely score some goals on both the first and second line. But yeah, we just got to look at the David Krejci contract and just kind of think of what he wants. Because he's definitely not at that caliber to be at like another seven year contract for like $20 million. No, it's pretty much going to be probably like Daniel Chara signed in only about like $800,000 top max, maybe a million and, you know, and see how it goes there. But that's definitely three three years tops.
2: So just to put it out there about uh, David Krejci, I mean, you know, great player, highly respected him through all the years. Um, but when is enough enough? I mean, uh, you're looking at a guy who had uh, Lucic and he had Nathan Horton on both sides of him plowing through you know other teams that did not have the body and um what we did in 2011 with guys like lucijan and 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 horton pretty much what the blues did to us in 2019 um weren't the uh weren't the fastest you know weren't the prettiest team but they got dirty and they got down to the nitty-gritty and that's what 2011 bruins were and i just feel like uh, you know, the 2020 Bruins are looking a little smaller than uh, than we had. And I feel like in this day and age in hockey, speed is a lot. But you still need um, protectors. You still need guys protecting um, guys like David Krejci and guys like David Krejci will thrive if they have big bodies next to him. But like I said, Lucic and Horton are a thing of the past. You know, you got Richie next to him. And I just I, I don't see Richie being that big body presence that um, that he had in the past. So it's going to be really difficult to try and integrate Krejci into this new Boston Bruins team that we're seeing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're, we're not actually the big bad Bruins. I mean, in, in my day growing up, we were the big bad Bruins. We had like Rick Milton and Terry O'Reilly, you know, and, and Cam Neely, and, you know, they just would – beat you by just, like, slamming into you and knocking you down, admitting you know you're not going to get near our goaltenders, you know, Mogan, Lemlin, without, like, paying for it, you know. And that's why I like what Kevin Miller did against Woods in um, the second game. The first game, Wood got his penalties because he kept on hitting, you know, Tuca, and, you know, it was kind of getting aggravating because he was in the crease just as much as Tuca. <laughs> but then in the second game, you know, Miller took exception to it and, like, you know, put the hands to him, and I, I appreciated that, because that's like the big bad Bruins of old, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And Kevin Miller is definitely one of those guys who will get down nitty-gritty and, you know, pound your face in, if need be, you know? So, it's absolutely great, but it's like, yeah, uh, Krejci definitely does need the big bodies. Going from Lucic and Horton to now DeBrusque and Akasha, and whoever would even fill the role in that second line, is it's kind of tough, because... It's like they weren't even big goal scorers either. But thanks to having Krejci in the middle, you had a face-off guy and a guy that had so much patience with the puck and knows how to dingle-dangle and just, you know, spin-a-rooney right around you. And so it's just it's crazy how it's gone from these years. But, I mean, at the same time, like you said, like Joe said, you got to have those guys that can go nitty-gritty. you got to be able to, like, smash someone in the boards because like especially for Krejci that he was used to that for like at least almost six years and then next thing you know you got this new guy DeBrusk next to you who's a rookie and then you know every other passing by second liner you know so it definitely would be nice if we can at least get two more big bodies but like I'm not looking for like a Wayne Simmons because like he's one of those guys who's I don't think has really got much left in the tank yeah he can you know fight and hit and whatnot but like He's not scoring many goals. And especially on a team with Toronto, that's a really offensive based team, it's like, it's surprising. And he's definitely one of those 20 to 30 goal scorers. But he, one game I was watching, he whiffed on a wide open net. And it was like, it was like, wow. It's kind of sad to see, but. It is what it is with age, you know, it's just everything doesn't click and clack the right way. (laughs) So, but if we can just get somebody right next to Krejci and Nebraska, definitely like Richie, it's perfect.
2: And uh, let's talk about, um, you know, so this season, obviously a lot different than any other season we're ever going to see in sports history. Um, You know, this is a pandemic and we all kind of come to the realization of what a pandemic is and and what we need to do and and our part to take in getting things back the way they are. But for now, it is the way it is. So um, obviously, big thing that happened this year was the conference change. You know, Everything switched around. We got a lot of teams that were gonna be playing multiple times that really uh, we haven't had a lot of time um, playing with. Uh, I know the Capitals, uh, we have, Uh, The penguins with us and let's not forget that we won't be seeing Tampa Bay this year. So that's a big thing Um, I don't want to see maroon. That's for sure. Not a fan Um, but uh, Another very interesting thing is we're gonna see all the Canadian teams in their own conference and just thinking about that for a second their conference is all of Canada. So these teams are traveling 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 long distances multiple times out of the year when before they were just traveling you know down south uh, and playing teams a lot closer to them you have teams like edmonton playing uh toronto uh constantly and, and these are gonna uh be games that take toll on those players so it's gonna be really interesting to see how the canadian teams are gonna hold up to uh Uh, the teams in America because it's just going to be tough for those guys Um, and I think that when it comes to our conference it's going to be tough to see the Penguins a lot Um, they're not who they used to be but still that presence of seeing them uh, multiple times is going to be I think it's going to be exciting it's going to be different and I think uh with a little bit of uh, perseverance, the Bruins might be able to do something in this conference as long as they can get their key players in it. I I do see a lot of potential for them, but it is only three games, so we'll see from there.
0: Yeah, travel is definitely going to be an issue with some of these teams. I mean, like over time, it's going to wear and tear on the players. I mean, and it's hockey. You're not, you know, it's it's a rough sport where you're banging, and, and you know, you need that rest to like recuperate. So, if they're not going to get it from the travel time, I mean, it it's definitely going to affect their play later on. Um, playing Sid the kid. Well, can we even call him a kid anymore? Can is it like Sid the grandpa? I mean, I mean, how are we gonna go with that? I mean, he's still a beast, and I, you know, and he's got the Penguins looking pretty, pretty good still. I mean, yeah, I mean, he still puts a hundred points up, so like the guy's definitely still like one of the top players in the league. And I, I don't know. It's I mean, like you said, if they can keep the Bruins healthy, I mean, we have a good, good shot, you know. And if they can add like a piece here and a piece there, we should be all right.
1: agree and just like with the whole you know Canadians all playing in that one division it's been absolutely fun to watch I don't know how many games you've been watching guys on that but all my head it's amazing it's so much fun to watch it's like and the best thing about it too is like six out of those eight teams or at least eight right so six out of those eight teams are very very good and we're all in pretty much our division it's like Vancouver Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal is starting to look like the old Montreal. And especially after some of the uh, trades and picks they've been picking up. So it's like Ottawa is looking very, very good too. And it's, it's scary. It's like they're starting to look like 2017 again. But like, are they going to go all the way to the Eastern Conference Championship? I don't know. Probably not. But, I mean, it's just only time will tell. And especially in this division where we are in, especially – with Capitals, Penguins. Both New York Islanders and the Rangers, who were both looking at look pretty decent except for the Rangers. They have not been able to get a win. And it's been tough. It's going to be tough. So, you know, Bruins definitely gotta deal with the whole travel plan. They gotta deal with the whole all the whole mess. But I believe that they could definitely do this. I believe in that this division we've got a couple of teams that like, yeah, they look decent right now, but it's only three games. How they're gonna look in 20 games down the line, like New Jersey Devils. They looked good last season. Next thing you know, they're becoming the butt end of the joke. You know, Severson, one of their like key like young defensemen are putting the puck right in his own net. It's like you just never know. And plus in this division and all these conferences, it's all different now. I mean, plus two, to go back, Chicago. Chicago is the same kind of team as us. They've got an 88 who can also score 100 points each season and a captain that is literally pretty much one of the best captains in their history next to Johnny. But it's just
2: they they have no goaltending. Just to add on that no goaltending, you know, uh, kudos to the Crow, Corey Crawford, for making his retirement. You know, I uh, loved to hate him in all the years of watching uh, the Bruins uh, take on, uh, I don't even want to talk about uh, 2013, but um, we can uh, we can kind of stew on that for a second. Love to hate that team. But um, when we're talking about goaltending and the Chicago Blackhawks in 2021, We're talking about a familiar face um, named Malcolm Subban, uh, somebody who was uh, with us for a while. And I think everyone recognizes Malcolm Subban. And at the end of the day, what I saw in game one of Malcolm Subban is just not a NHL player. Um, making real sloppy plays in the crease Um, he was great for the Providence Bruins he uh, he did a lot in the AHL and I think that's something that we can say hey you know good for you Subban but if we're gonna talk about you know teams like the Blackhawks for a second they're they're a shell of themselves and I don't want to say fully that the Bruins are a shell of themselves but they're really working on making a good case for that but like I said um, it's only three games, so we're going to have to see what uh what, Pasternak, what kind of uh, commitment he's going to have to the team, and we got to see what kind of commitment Rask has to the team because we all know what happened last season. It was a weird season. We all understand that, but it's still the same kind of situation and what kind of commitment is going to be uh, brought to the table when it comes to Tuka Rask because – his time's running out he has a ring because of tim thomas and um you know he doesn't have a ring for himself would love to see the guy have one but at the same time just the past few years his commitment has not been there
0: yeah i um i agree with you on that and like i don't know about you guys but all the times i see the bruins like they'll score a goal and it's like yes we're ahead and like a minute later, Tuka gives up a goal, and it's like, what? What happened? I mean, it, and that's not just once. You know, he does it a lot. Like, it's like a minute later, we're tied, and I'm like, how? Why? Why are you tied? I mean, but he makes some incredible saves. Like when the shootout was there, that was great. I mean, he he made some serious saves, but he gives up these ham and egg like goals that this destroys my spirit sometimes I'm like oh my god why why are you even like playing right now because you you let the guy just walk in on you
1: yeah absolutely agree but at the same time it's like I look at it that way but also I look at it like how the defense looked sometimes on those goals that have gone in it's been like defense just kind of collapsing and kind of getting a little too lenient and kind of like letting them in our zone Instead of like staying on top of them and whatnot, like they would, they like they were like five minutes before the first goal. So it's like it's crazy how it go. It flip flops that way, and I love Tuukka myself. And it's like you know I don't want to reminisce about twenty thirteen. That was whole. Oh, that's yeah no, but it's just like the defense collapsed. And and it's like the man had it like, the man like kind of struggled, as like our defense was collapsing, and then they scored that go ahead goal, and it was just like you could blame Tuca or you could blame the defense, but I seem to me Tuca gets way too much flack as it is, and especially last season in the whole bubble thing when he had to go, the man got a phone call about his daughter being in the hospital. If that was me, I'd drop everything and get back home as soon as possible myself. So it's like we can't blame the man for doing that at all. We can't even, like, hold him accountable. It's just – it's it was a weird time. And same with all the other times that we lost in the Stanley Cup final. It's just – he's one of the good main reasons of why we even made it at that far in the first place. But it's just, yeah, it's just sometimes – we just, we get too, we get a little too, like, soft. We get a little defensive. We start chipping pucks in the zone when we should be taking those pucks and slamming it right down into the other side and, you know, getting another goal. It, it should be the next goal that goes on. So, you know, it is what it is for Tuca, but I would love to see him get a ring. I would love to see him get a ring this year, take it, retire. Then you don't have to sign. You don't have to be, you know, all that like, you know, we're not holding a gun to your head at that point is
2: how I'm going to see it. <laughs> um, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. We should all hold back a little bit on, uh, on Tuca. Uh, it was a weird season, and I'm just hoping that uh, his commitment stays strong this season because I feel like when the guy has his head straight, and uh, he's committed to the team it really really shows but um as uh, as uh, ben said you know he he has these these tiffs where all of a sudden everything looks great and then he just wants to shut down um so that's kind of hard to watch sometimes but absolutely uh give the guy a couple more seasons hope hope the man gets a ring um but where do we go from there uh you know, we saw Vladar and I don't even want to talk too much about Vladar, but you know, we saw what happened and uh, we saw what happened with Halak. Halak's a great player, great tandem, but Halak needs a strong uh, starting goaltender. Halak's a great backup, but let's not think for a second that once Rask is, is gone, Halak is just going to magically cure all of our goaltender ailments because he's not. And, um, Vladar is uh, might not even see the light of day uh, at least for a while as well. So it, it'll be it'll be a weird situation seeing Ras go. It'll sting, but um, it's gonna be a situation that the Bruins need to start talking about very soon.
0: Uh, yeah, they definitely gotta address like future goaltending. I agree, and um, I actually like when I was younger, I actually got to go see the Bruins play. And I got to watch Andy Moog and Reggie Lemon play. And that was incredible for me um, because, you know, just the, you know, Andy Moog, Andy Moog. And you 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 hear the announcer going crazy. And um, when he made the saves and it was just like such a good time period. I mean, we didn't get a championship, but we had some of the greatest players, I mean, playing at that time. I mean, and they deserved the championship, but sometimes things just don't work out the way you want. I mean, it's just how it is. And and Tuca might not get that championship, but it doesn't, lessen his you know all-star status so like his ability to get in like uh, uh, determined to be a great goaltender i mean He's still elite goaltender. yeah yeah but i agree we do have to address that sooner or later do you guys have uh, any stories about going to see the bruins
2: um i absolutely have a lot of stories going to see the bruins and i just have a you know a lot of hockey stories in general um just let, to give everyone a little context, I just moved back out to Massachusetts from living in uh, Southern California for about seven years. In that seven years' time, I never missed a, uh, uh, a SoCal West Coast trip with the Bruins. I... Saw all the ups and downs, and to be honest, I saw a lot of ups in my time in uh, California. Just a lot of great experiences. I'd go to Disneyland during the day, and then I'd go to Anaheim at night to go see the Ducks. Next day, go directly over to see the LA Kings. And... Um, the experience at a LA Kings game is unlike any other experience I've ever seen. These guys, these these fans are some gladiators, I'll tell you. They are all face paint, decked out, and to see a a, a Southern California hockey club uh, with that kind of electricity, you know, I hate the team, but it really, really makes me feel good for the state of hockey in places that are that are a little warmer and don't get the same love that hockey does in New England. Um, Anaheim, it was pretty much just like a Bruins home game every time we went. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I would always wear my Bruins jersey, even when I didn't go see Bruins games. And Actually, I uh, I ran into uh, somebody who was managing the concession stand um, with my Bruins jersey during a Dallas Stars and LA Kings game, and he was also from Boston, and he thought it was so great that I would wear a Bruins jersey at a non-Bruins game, and he said I was brave, so he gave me a, a ticket for two free items in any uh, any food and, or beer in the uh, concession area. It was a great time. Love being a Bruins fan, and... Um, Love being a Bruins fan out in Southern California because the looks you get from those other uh, teams is just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I feel like, though
1: the most brave to wear Bruins jersey is definitely going to be in Montreal and Chicago for you, definitely. And that's definitely for me, too. And I've always wanted to go to a Southern California game because I'm one of those guys who loves hockey. I got multiple jerseys. I got a Joe Thornton San Jose jersey and a Corey Perry Anaheim Ducks jersey. I mean, you've seen it all the time at Home Depot, so Benji, so you definitely know. So, but yeah, I think definitely, though, the best time that I had was definitely back in, I think... I'm going to say 2008, we're in the playoffs. We're up against the Montreal Canadiens. Sadly, I don't think we won that game. But the, you know, the experience of being at my first playoff game and, you know, just getting in with the fans and getting all hyped and whatnot, it's the most fun thing. And it's like, you know, once they get the Titantron pictures up too, oh, you get to see the, you know, the black and gold looking Hulk Hogan with a black and gold... Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage all up together and it's just like it's the most funniest thing and it's like we definitely I definitely feel like the Bruins have probably one of the best and most loyal fan bases of all hockey next to the Montreal Canadiens you know we are just definitely a fan base that loves hockey loves the Bruins and just loves everything so but yeah it's like having that good time against Montreal like You you always get one of those rowdy Montreal Canadian fans right behind you, you know You get a little beer spilt on you because they scored a goal, but that's okay (laughs) Because then we just score a goal right back and then we get to shove it right in their face (laughs) But um, another good time though was definitely 2019 before the Stanley Cup even started my uncle uncle Steve He was able to get us tickets to the practice squad So before it was like literally the day before the first game of the Stanley Cup play, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was it was fun. I was able to go down to the ice level. I was able to take pictures, a few selfies, you know, take a picture of the, get some videos of the guys, you know, shooting the puck on Rask and a lock. You know, it was just a great scrimmage, a great time, fun. It's just. If you, when you get the chance and once they let the doors open for fans to be able to go back into the TD garden, that garden is going to have no roof because we are literally going to blow it off of it. And I can't wait because that is definitely going to be one of us definitely blowing it off.
0: All right. Well, I'd like to thank Joe and Liam for coming to join me today and talking about the Bruins. Um, like I said, this is only the first three games of the season, so hopefully maybe we get back together later on and discuss the future games and how we view them now compared to what we view then. So uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening, and please tune in next time to What's Happening. And a special shout-out to Eddie Jackson and Carrie Jackson and their newborn baby, Ella Grace Jackson. God bless everybody. Bye.